This is Moss Wheatland and Story in Mind. So, the rain is back. Not with a vengeance, though. It's just a, a presence. <clears throat> so... Yeah, what was I doing this morning? I was doing some sprinting. And uh, the local, one of the local riding groups, uh, they have a, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm connected to them and they have a, um, I guess it would be a channel on the Discord app. And uh, there's a bot that you can use to to do sprinting. And it, it was sort of pro and con. I wanted to sort of have an, a long automated sprint. Maybe there's a way to program it. Um, but anyways, I I sort of kept having to start it, restart it, restart it, and then finally. I was thinking, I said, wait a second, I can, I can just use a timer, like 15 minutes, because that's, that's what this thing was, was, and I don't, I don't think I've ever really done that before. I've wanted to have schedules, so this is the first time, sort of like creating a kind of habit of writing for 15 minutes, then taking a break, and then writing again. The only thing missing from the equation is other people, right? This sort of sense of accountability. And so I'd like to... I'd like to... It's sort of a yes and no. Because it's... One has to sort of arrange something with other people, find other people interested, and schedule... Um, you know, when to, when to do this sprint... And so, uh, topic-wise, literary device, uh, I want to say synesthesia, and I think the pronunciation might be a little bit off, but, so synesthesia is a either a confusion of senses or a combination of senses, a closeness. The, uh, the example comes from an actual uh, physical, I don't want to say a disability, but some people uh, experience senses differently. They're just you know, wired differently, unique. And so the, the prime case is, or the case that I'm thinking of, that I learned from poetry is some people who were uh, experiencing sound as color, uh, especially music, you know, and say, describing, describing music, describing sound, um, 
as colors. You know, oh, there, you know, that was, there was a lot of blue involved in that. The sounds were very blue, which reminds me of chromatic. And it's just a bit chilly, so I'm heading back. It's cold enough <laughs> that I want to put on a, an extra layer. So, so what's what's the use of what's the use of that? Uh, there's an element of creativity. It's it's thoughtful, say, to sort of to sit back and consider um, how to describe things. Like we can describe sounds a number of ways, but is, is, is there a way to combine it uh, with other senses? You know, can we use uh, textures to describe smells? Can we use colors to describe um, not just sounds, but tastes, right? Why would you want to do that? I, I talked about uh, stream of consciousness a bit ago. And if you say, if you lump these things in together and start, you know, mixing and playing and, you know, well... What if an orange was the color blue? What, what does that, you know, the, the fruit, you know, suddenly it's blue. What does that mean? What does that create? Um, you know, first, first it could be, you know, it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a good idea to eat that orange. Or... Say, just say tonally. I don't know, is that right? <laughs> I, I guess what it, it, what it involves is uh, changing, changing the way of doing things. I'm, I'm thinking right now of, say, doing something like uh, magic realism where one object or one thing or one person there's one element of the story that is fantastical magical bizarre everything else is ordinary and usual and real except for this one thing that's just off so that could be you know an example of using it there but I'm also thinking of um, <laughs> I'm thinking of just going inside and sitting on the couch. No, I, I need the exercise. Um,
mason one. So In, in the case of color, color means something, even if it's uh, in an individual uh, individual way. Color means color has meaning, and how so? An example would be. Favorite colors. So, a person has a person has a favorite color. There's an association. They, they see the color. They say, "Oh, that's my favorite color." Right? There's a a kind of ownership that is going on. And other other kinds of associations. Just was it yesterday? I believe it was yesterday, and I looked outside and it was overcast but there was just enough light to it wasn't a gray overcast day and instead there was a slightly yellowish uh, quality to just just to the air that reminds me of uh, last summer we had a number number of forest fires and the smoke sort of funneled drifted down the valley and for about a week the the sun was orange it was an orange color i'm just passing some daffodils and those have symbolism meaning in a contemporary sense uh, here at least that they've been sort of co-opted or used by a uh, cancer foundation a organization i think they're raising you know i hope they're raising money for awareness uh, various colors and how they're associated uh, pink t-shirts you know that's one current usage this notion of uh, femininity this cultural North American cultural uh, decision about that you know pink is feminine blue is masculine I saw a video that was talking about you know a hundred years ago it was the opposite and 
I like the notion of that things are not set in stone, but are changing. And we have um, symbolism, you know. Um, another one is the contemporary use of the rainbow. You know, a hundred years ago, it wouldn't, you know, there's not, there's not that connection, whereas now there is. So, with synesthesia, it's, one thing I'm suggesting is this, that there's a, a kind of confusion, there's a kind of association, and just sort of riding off of this idea of the rainbow. And so how would that, how, how would, you know, t not just one color, but this notion of a spectrum, and then somebody is experiencing this, a spectrum of taste. I think that that's easier to do, describing, you know, a rainbow of flavor, so that it's not just one thing. And yet, you know, they're working together as a whole. It's not, it's not seeming, um, you know, when you sometimes have those meals and things just don't work together, the tastes just don't go together. Maybe individually they're okay, but you start putting things together and they're like, ah, or the, um, Again, cultural associations like Thanksgiving. And, and for all of the, you know, the push towards multiculturalism, uh, there's, you know, there's this predominance. I'm thinking of Thanksgiving, you know, the, the, not just the, not just the cultural associations, but the, that sort of the historic and what what that means and I'm going to say colonial in a colonial sense you know that this this event is sort of celebrating it's kind of a weird celebration the more I think about it it's like hmm I don't know if this is such a good you know is, this, is it a good such you know And, you know, sort of, as you start to unpack it, and this is this has been pointed out to me before. It's <clears throat> good for who? Uh, let's see, what are some other? Um, I, can't, I like the I like the notion of say, you know, a, a rainbow of uh, textures. That, the, the usage is sort of creating something fresh, fresh writing, rather than cliché. So, it's getting down, writing down descriptions that could jar some readers. That's a consideration. You know, is it going too far and it just doesn't work. I thought about that before that 
you know, one is one is writing not just within a language, but often to a group of people. What I'm writing in Vancouver might not work for somebody, you know, across across the country, or uh, Prince Edward Island, you know, all the way over on the east coast. I'm on the west coast. Somebody on the east coast picks it up. They might see things like, say, the the ocean uh, descriptions that I'm using. I'm sort of thinking, like, say, somebody who lives in a desert, right? Uh, or a landlocked country or something that they... Maybe they don't have any... Um, they've never been to the ocean. Or maybe they... Maybe they haven't even been to a lake. Do I have to consider? No. The, the story is what is most important. Uh, for people outside of that, they're going to see it and label it as something exotic and... Exotic, unusual. I'm just thinking as well of people, say within a story, particular fa- particularly fantasy, that they would there would be ways of describing things that would be outside of the norm. So a race of people that have kind of a synesthesiac uh, existence, for example. So we could have people who are... Just thinking about that. Uh, what, what if their experience is across the spectrum? So... You know, what you see is what you also what you taste, or they say the descriptions would be going back and forth. That there would be there would be a meal made, and they would be commenting on the flavor, taste, sound, sight. You know, all at the same time. This sort of ultimate synesthesia. I was mentioning stream of consciousness a while ago and uh, looking for ways to describe thought. And, and I think that that would be one, one way of doing it, to create kind of a dreamlike state where, you know, you would, you would taste what you see. So, like, right now I'm looking at this tree that's got a bit of moss on it, and, you know, buds, leaves are just budding out, and...
so say the 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 experience of the tree and the green that there would be that say I would describe it as, as, like tastes uh, the taste the texture if if I'm considering say stream of consciousness. I remember reading a Ashbury poem. So this is John Ashbury, one of the New York schools of poets. I remember reading something where it was very blue. There was a lot of blue. And the, the, the color seemed to sort of wash over into other... Uh, other meanings, like say, um, blue, uh, there was blue guitar and sort of music associations, and then the color, and then the the mood. That's an obvious, or that's a that's one that is common. Colors as emotional states, you know. So, so this association exists already within literature and synesthesia is a way of describing it an actual medical um, phenomenon so one of my neighbors is um, garden uh, it's got flowers there's roses there's daffodils um, bluebells there's a bunch of stuff going on uh, why do that? Uh, the same neighbor puts up uh, Christmas lights. And part of it is about invoking a mood, like creating um, almost like a mini event. <clears throat> this person's front yard is a kind of canvas and a bit of a party seems like every season I pass by and there's there's a repetition but there's also change you know you take down the lights you're going to put them up and it can be slightly different maybe they have to be replaced you know once in a while and then the flowers same thing Each yard is slightly different, um, different preoccupations. Some people are just have abandoned the lawn, and then others are sort of struggling with it and not quite sure what to do with it. Uh, and still others have gone, you know, full extreme, and they have you know, people dropping by to work on it and take care of it. Uh, part of it is display, part of it is, and too now I'm going to sort of move into into writing and almost suggesting that what we, how we decorate, how we ornate, you know, how we make 
our stories, the detail part of it, the description, that the choices that we're making are similar. I just saw uh, somebody talking about, um, apparently, uh, romance novels were getting trashed. This happens in every genre, though. It's, you know, somebody is saying that one genre or another is not, is not good, or it's garbage or something, and I think a couple things are going on. It's the having to weed a bit, having to sort of go through, you know, who, who you're following and who, uh, who you're sort of open to in conversation. Uh, one local Vancouver guy, and I, I would say he's a writer, and uh, he, we were talking and I said, oh yeah, I'm a Twitter he says, like, oh, it's so toxic there. And I was sort of thinking about that for a while. And it's that it is if you're just, like, if, if the door is wide open. And if you're just, if you're just following everybody. Um, but if you just take some time to sort of look at, look at the person's profile, look at the things they're posting... Um, you get a pretty good idea. And then you can be selective and sort of like, oh, well, you know, I'm not interested in that or I don't like that or this person seems, you know, misogynistic or um, whatever it is that, you know, is toxic for you. And then you, yeah, you know, and then you can sort of define um, the experience. This uh, writer I'm talking about, they're over on Instagram. My, my sort of my thought was like, well, <laughs> what's you know what's different? How is it different? It's more visual, that's for sure. You know, it's intended to be for photographs and selfies. And occasionally on Twitter, I'll notice somebody is attempting to drive traffic over, you know, or announcing, you know, hey, I'm on Instagram, why don't you come over? And I suspect that it's, it's because I've been, you know, editing, I've, you know, who I, who I'm following, you know, and occasionally someone will slip through the cracks and uh it it you know it's quickly obvious sometimes it takes a long time to find out i'm just remembering uh one guy was giving a is it called a backhanded comp compliment double double compliment and it was in response to uh, you know i was i was encouraging uh, another writer and 
and sort of just sort of celebrating the creativity. And then this this guy was giving, you know, sort of just sort of undercut, undermined it. And I went back and I looked through his posts and there was nothing about writing. There was a lot of uh, complaining, life sucks. And I had, I had sort of had this vibe for a while, so then I just, just, you know, okay, that's it, you know. We're done. <laughs> and, and two, it's, a, it's too bad. Uh, is it too bad? I think it's too bad. I think it's a golden opportunity. And, but again, you, you know, you've got to, like say, if you don't do that, you know, then you're ended, ending up sort of, you know, sacrificing productivity and uh, by, you know, hanging around with uh, negative people. So, so, so synesthesia. How does that relate to synesthesia? Uh, much, much like you know, editing a community. It's also about editing. So there's editing a community, and then there's also editing uh, the story. I was getting back to back to that this morning. Just writing, and. Uh, just creating something raw, raw and rough, and exploring. Uh, versus yesterday, I had spent a bunch of time, I have been spending time uh, editing, you know, very, very serious considerations, uh, reshaping, cutting, cutting, yeah, cutting paragraphs. I had this uh, opening that I thought was really smart. And, and then I realized, you know, number one, it's a prologue. And number two, it doesn't have the main character. Uh, and then it just went on and on to the point where I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm cutting it. You know, I, it's part of the process. You know, I, I wasted time. But that's part of the process is wasting time. Try something out. Uh, and then you get closer to the realization of what what this is about and what this is not about the story and that experimentation allowing it that's part of the process and allowing synesthesia in it sort of opens things up. There's there's a kind of freshness that happens. I'm reading a, a novel right now that has moments of that, where there are these associations that are fresh. And it 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 pops off the page, these descriptions. 
So there's a quality to the storytelling that is it's like interesting. It's like, oh, I've never heard it said that way before. I've never thought about something in you know in in this way. It's creative. And so the the flip side is this kind of mechanical um let's go with destructive in a sense or just yeah mechanical so it's saying the same things over again and it would be interesting actually <laughs> and not to to read a story that was pretty much a computer program and that it was plotted that way and that characters so we're saying you know scenes were subroutines these sort of smaller components of a computer program uh, I'm, I'm saying it would be interesting but I'm also going maybe not because that it would be there's that the potential of being dry and mechanical I think some people like it that though that they want the order and the structure. And I'll hear people talk about, say, mathematics, and they'll talk about the beauty of it. And I guess it has to do with, you know, the known, the expected, uh, that you can have, say, riddles, and you can have arguments, people arguing about... Uh, math, science. So it's it's not all cold fish. And, and too, there's an example, a kind of synesthetic example that reminds me of analogy. Is it analogy, simile, metaphor? The difference with synesthesia is that uh, it would be, say, looking at an orange and it would sound sharp, right? There would be a sharpness to the orange. And that's another description that, say, doesn't make sense unless you're talking about knives or edges of things. Uh, a person's voice sounds sharp. It's like, well, not really. There is descriptions, you know, say, um, there are sharps and flats in music. And, it, you know, it, it can, sounds can hurt the ear and damage the ear. You're hearing. But at the same time, you know, they, they're two different things. You know, s sound and then you know, razor-sharp edges of knives and scissors. Those are, those are quite different. It's amazing what music can create, though. Say, listening to something and f finding yourself being swept away and having 
experiences, like say you're listening to music, but you're you know moved, and there's mystery or there's uh, adventure, songs that are sort of urging you forward, sorrowful songs, playful songs. Uh, there's nostalgia that's tied up with it. It's used to accentuate music. And, and in a way, it, it, you know, it ought not work. In, in how so? It, it's almost like, say, uh, images. Like, just the images of moving pictures, early moving pictures, silent films, where, you know, the music could be put together, or you could, ha you could have somebody playing music, but it wasn't essential. And then, say, prior to that, you could have paintings. But we already had theater, which is essentially the same thing, you know, you have stories that are being told on stage, actors, or, you know, you, you have people who are orating, and, you know, through poetry or prose, and, you know, speaking it. I was just thinking, it would, you know, that would be something to create a motion picture that is a silent film, and it's uh, it has uh, subtitles. I was thinking a while ago of having subtitles, but it's in a, it's in, you know, it's it's like say that. The people are speaking. Their mouths are when their mouths are moving. Uh, like if it was lip read, it would it would be in English. But the subtitles would be, because Canada is bilingual, uh, the other language is French. So, you know, to have the other languages French, the subtitles, and that it would be making a statement about language. the the necessity of being able to uh, read French and I can I can barely read French and that's a that's a sad sort of statement uh, that the education system is not not quite wired I don't think we started learning French until high school, and that's not enough. I mean, not really. You know, it ought to be from the beginning, and when we're learning English, we're learning French. I think that it has to do with the, the dominance and predominance of, of you know, the language. That it's not just a, it's not not just a binary. It's about um, sub and dom, you know, the submissive and the dominant, which, you know, 
is unfortunate and uh, not <laughs> it's frustrating because there isn't the equality involved in it how are we doing Ooh, getting closer to the wrap up so let's see what can I say the birds are in the trees, the birds are back, and uh, leaves, new leaves are sprouting out of the trees. These ones are, this is this sort of cross street, I'm sort of going down to the next the loop, and actually I, I can just see blossoms coming out, creating this reddish color. I think the leaves have a... Um, Actually, in total, it's sort of a rust color that's emerging from these uh, bare branches. And part of it is the leaves and then the blossoms, which are uh, a reddish, more red than... Because the leaves have a, a, a bit of green and a bit of, bit of red to them. And too, it's this, like I said, it's this cross street not the actual streets that I loop on. Okay. So synesthesia. It, it can also be a way of getting back to the stream of consciousness, that it could be a way of describing a person's state of mind. Like, say, right now I'm looking at these green lawns, and that a person could be having a synesthetic uh, reaction, right? So that instead of the green color, that they have a... I think it's contrasting colors or complementary colors. Even though red is a complementary color, if you put them together that there's uh, something... I'm just thinking of a Van Gogh painting where it was really gross, that there was something gross about it. And yet, you have Christmas, where you have a lot of red and green uh, that does work. And two, is, is that more of a cultural phenomenon rather than a, a visual artistic one? But let's say, let's see, I'm trying to think of what the, is the complementary, then there's the contrast, I guess. So, okay, just thinking of a color, an association that doesn't work with the green, that somebody who's internally not feeling complementary, so say, <laughs> the plot on the outside is green, that works actually a couple of ways. Then, internally, it's opposite. So it's not complementary. The story within is... Let's see. I know that blue and red are contrasting. No, they don't... When, when you put them together, they clash. And then there's this... Uh, it's almost like an electrical effect. It's not... It's not pleasing and it's not calming, it's jarring. 
for some reason I want to say purple. That green and purple. I could be wrong about that, but just for the sake of of the podcast, that so the inner story is something about about purple. And just sort of as an experiment, so we have somebody who's looking at the lawn, you know, somebody such as myself, walking along, they're looking at the grass, the green grass, and two, we could go all the way, we could say it's like new spring grass, there's birds, robins leaping around, you know, and it's a, it's a bright green, and then meanwhile, uh, we could have the, you know, something... Uh, thinking about something, remembering something about sort of a dark purple to contrast the spring. It could be something about, you know, even seasonal, like going winter or sort of the approaching darkness of fall and autumn. And some kind of purple. Oh, I've got a memory, actually. Uh, uh, Where I grew up. Uh, I think they still have these plum trees, and you know everybody was so out to lunch that uh, they wouldn't gather the plums, so the plums would just fall. The fruit, this fruit, right, it would fall. Nobody would eat it, and uh, it was quite. It was it was fine. I can remember eating it. So it would be just all laying around. Nobody could be bothered to take care of it and and they would actually rot so there would be these plums on the ground and they would be um, they'd, and too, they'd have this mold on them that was sort of turquoise so while this while this sort of healthy and and thriving and life is on the outside that on the inside, this person's thinking about uh, the opposite. And so there's this contrast that's going on on the inside. It's an excellent thought, but I'm sort of going, is that synesthesia? I think, it, I think it's a bit synesthesia because it's going from, from color, right? So it's, taking, it's making use of the color, flipping it, sort of going for an opposite and looking for other contrasts looking for you know instead of things warming up inside things are cooling down things are going getting bad uh, rotting uh, there's a lack of instead of a well-kept lawn on the outside inside there's this decay there's this um, lack of taking care, basically. Negligence, there we go. And... Of course, things have to sort of steer off into the personal. Uh, Is that the case now? No! My, My... uh, internally, right? I'm at, I'm on the growing edge. <laughs> there's no there's no negligence. 
The dishes don't get washed sometimes, but eventually they get washed. Uh, let's see, how are we doing? Oh yeah, we've got 12 minutes. Synesthesia. I'm I'm just just saw some birds. I think they were starlings, and I heard they were great imitators. That they'll actually imitate sounds in other birds. They are colonists. They were released at a shake. I think they were released at a Shakespeare festival in um, the eastern. North America, and originally there was only a small group of them, but they have spread and they have uh, caused problems uh, with other birds, right, say, taking over um, habitats and you know, other, other birds' uh, places. Um, I'm, I'm mostly thinking about the sound right now, and there's the association, say, of you know springtime birds chirping. Just looking up and seeing this kind of cloud of uh, this mist of one tree is putting out this reddish, um, just sort of like the new, the new beginnings of almost like red um, dandelion, dandelion, you know, when they go to seed, sort of looks like that, but it's the whole tree is like this, a bunch of red dandelion seeds. So the, the sounds of the birds could be inter interpreted. Crows could have this, as they, as they caw, there we go, <laughs> they have this kind of sort of dark, abrasive, rough. And so to the sound, there's all these qualities of um, texture and light, and light shadow, uh, in contrast with these bright sounds, bright and colorful, these small birds that are you know, chirping and tweeting that actually worked out quite well. <laughs> One uh, interesting uh, tidbit is uh, when we're watching movies. Movies, um, anytime there's a need for a sound effect for an eagle, we're actually hearing something. I believe it's a hawk. It might be something else. But the actual sound of an eagle, uh, North American bald-headed eagle, that they are, they have um, a smaller, meeker kind of sound. It's almost like a, um, I thought, it was like, wow, it's like a mouse squeaking. In contrast to these uh, louder, 
and more intense uh, sounds. Which makes sense, because you have this sort of regal, powerful image loaded with a huge amount of symbolism and art, and literature, uh, um, from, you know, governments, powers. It's, it's been used for thousands of years, and it's got this very sort of meek sound, you know, it's sort of like, in, com in contrast to, like, uh, in breathy as well, in contrast to the, the hawk, or it was it's something some bird like that. And that's just an interesting, interesting sort of um, use of or kind of a GMO of, right? You know, we're going to edit this. You know, to make, uh, we're going to change reality. We're going to emphasize something. And, um, and, and as well, say for myself, you know, actually hearing an eagle, my first thought is going, that doesn't sound like an eagle. Because I'm so used to the, the branding, right? You know, I'm so used to the association that the actual sound doesn't seem real. And so that is the power of media manipulation, you know, where you get to the point where reality doesn't seem real. Uh, you know, one's, one's assumption, one's um, how one feels, what it, when one is used to sounds, colors, textures, uh, when you're surrounded by it, and when you're, you know, sort of told that it's the normality. I mentioned language earlier, and that, that, that is another sort of normality. We create what is real and what is normal, and we buy into it, we agree to it. Uh, Passively and actively. I think the rainbow, the use and interpretation of the rainbow is, a, is an excellent example. Even if you disagree, that association still exists. There are a group of people that define themselves by that image, by that symbolism. And, and you can contrast and you can say, well, you know, but there's other interpretations of it, da-da-da-da-da. And, and you're still left with, yes, but, right? It's not right, yes, but. <laughs> They're doing it wrong, yes, but. So, that in, that in a way as well, the sort of, you know, sensing of reality, that's... That's a form of synesthesia, where what, what we are used to uh, interpreting, what we are used to, what we are used to, what is habit, uh, can be uh, synesthesiac. And I'm thinking of um, changes, 
say, looking back and having these moments and going, wow, this is, this must be what my ancestors felt like or my grandparents felt like. This, in, in the future, this is what my, <laughs> not my descendants, maybe descendants in, in thoughts, but, uh, but still, my, you know, family, human beings looking back you know, in Vancouver, if it's still called Vancouver, that they'll sort of look back and they'll have, uh, sort of be thinking about things and going, oh, you know, that's no longer normal, right? Things have changed. Like what, for example? Uh, in Vancouver, we used to have uh, electric streetcars, you know, and this is going back, let's say, a hundred years. And beautiful brass and wood and wicker. They had these amazing wicker chairs, um, which, of course, you know, <laughs> they get slashed up so quickly. Uh, you know, unless people were, of course, on top of it and sort of stopping um, vandals and uh, disenchanted youth, etc. In my best, I mean, my best uh, Frank Zappa voice. And now we are going into the past. And oh my gosh. But uh, uh, that was the norm in Vancouver. You know, there was this normal. And then, you, you know, you go back and back and, you know, there's, the, once again, the normal. Uh, go back to when it's our coast, northwest, Pacific... Salish, you know, there's no border dividing the North and the South Salish people. Uh, you know, they have their language and their traditions, and there's no Europeans. You know, is is there a Chinese fleet that shows up and is trading and all of that before before the Spanish uh, get here? Um, normal. You know, and we go back and there's, you know, whoop, there's none of that. Uh, fast forward, you know, next hundred years, let's say, you know, we're, we totally take care of the whole situation. Uh, prediction, say, you know, the new normal would be, you know, the gas-powered cars I see. None of that's there. The houses that I see are, you know, they're going to be different. They're going to be, like, like let's say it's the, it's the utopia. You know, we're going to see people culturally, they're quite different. Um, they're, they're very aware of the, um, the balance. You know, want, wanting it to be the Goldilocks zone that we exist in, right? And they, they're on board with that, most people. Maybe we have some warriors of the wasteland outside the city. But for the most part, you know, these people with the self-sufficient houses, you know, loaded up with solar panels, and we don't get much wind here uh, that I know of. I'm sure that, you know, there's got to be, but... Uh, you know, that these places are, you know, cycling their water, 
you know, f filtration, refiltering stuff, and they're using their, um, their sewage is going, you know, back into, you know, fertilizer, and if it were totally self-sufficient, right, these places would be, um, kind of like mini farms, right, and so, you know, you could, you'd be growing your own food and stuff, and Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of imagining this, the houses, um, 3D printed houses, which uh, it, it's one of the suggestions for Mars. So there's a kind of 3D printing. It's not exactly, but in a sense it is. And uh, the idea is that uh, robots, 3D printers, would be sent to Mars, and then they would build colonies, even when people weren't there, Maybe it's just a few astronauts, but these robots would be 3D printing these, all these houses. And the same technology could be used here. And, you know, we would have... Uh, it's, it's interesting, too, in uh, Vancouver, this is a rainforest, so we've, uh, we've got to be... What, what is it? Oh, places have to breathe. And we have a problem with, you know, sometimes places are constructed, uh, they get called leaky condos because they're not breathing. And all of a sudden you have um, moisture, mildew, mold building up, basically mushroom factories. And so houses have to be built separately, differently. And <laughs> I'm off track. But uh, synesthesia. So I'm, all, I'm sort of, sort of considering uh, synesthesiac thinking. So a way of um, looking at things and considering things from um, different sort of sense perspectives. And so rather than just sort of, you know, describing, you know, oh, somebody came in and smelled coffee, right? You go, oh, right away, you know, you have that, oh, yeah, I know what that smells like. Uh, a close association is, is toast. Uh, you know, some, something toast, grilled, uh, uh, baked bread. These are sort of similar to the sort of roasted uh, bean smell of coffee. And... <laughs> One of my neighbors uh, has yelled at me because I'll sort of kick things off the side of the sidewalk or something and I won't pick them up. And, and I, I said, what did I say once? I think I said, I'm just killing time. Uh, there's, something, there's something synesthesiac about that because obviously I'm not, you know, actually murdering time. But... Uh, <laughs> sort of, what is it, my intentions are, I, you know, I'm, I'm not working, I'm just, you know, at, at that moment I'm wasting time. Uh, just to finish up the, the toast and the coffee, uh, sort of considering, you know, you got, the, you got the smell, the smell is in the air, and then considering, say, the golden quality, you know, of, of something that has been roasted, something that has been toasted, right? And 
uh, almost like, say, you know, buttered toast, right? There was a smell in the air that reminded them of uh, something golden, crunchy, um, which, is, which is sort of getting into a sort of a different sort of texture. Why, why end with this? Just, just thinking of, say, different ways to approach and uh, sort of bringing this freshness to the writing, um, making it unique so that somebody's going to walk away and go, hey, that's, that was new. That was, you know, that was interesting. It wasn't too far off base. You know, I got it. All right, take care. And keep up the great work.